What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Wrestling Inc. podcast is the place to be. As we're coming off of a exciting night, I would say, of AEW Dynamite that your real trios champions will discuss in all honesty and entertainment. Appreciate all of you guys tuning in live wherever you are in the world, watching us on Twitch, YouTube, X, Facebook, or if you're checking out the archive, that's great too. Or if you're going for the audio-only version, well, Two-thirds of us were meant for radio. Anyways, hello, everybody. I am Justin Lamar, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Steering the ship here on this Wednesday night, being joined, as always, by my two partners in crime. First, we go north of the border in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This man is a best-selling author. This man is one of the most famous referees in sports entertainment history. This man has refereed an Undertaker WrestleMania match. This man made counting to three cool. This man is the Greek mystique. The one, the only, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you tonight? After that intro, regardless of what happened today, I feel great. Thank you so much. <laughs> All I, my entire goal, aside from properly introducing you to the audience, because I figure there's obviously the audience that knows who you are and they want to get said introduction that's suitable for you. Or we might have new viewers, maybe younger viewers who didn't see hmm. you referee in WWE, and we're letting them know the respect they need to put on their name. Plus, I want to set the bar as high as possible so when you go into that Hall of Fame, when Chimmel inducts you or whoever inducts you, they oh. have an introduction bar that they need to clear that has been set by me. If anybody, it is, uh, I, I'm going to suggest you to, for the intro, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, 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 I like it. And rounding out the trio going down south, she's living life much warmer than Jimmy and I. She is the spiciest thing south of Miami. She is our one, our only resident demon diva. She's all over the place. Media, ring announcing, you name it, she can do it in, in two different languages. 
Might I add, she is our own Issa. Issa, how are you tonight? I am great. You are the best hype man that there mm. is. I'm setting the bar for you too. When when you, when you get when you get put into the Puerto Rican Hall of Fame, you know, I, I, I want the bar to be set. Now the bar is only going to be set in English. I can't do it in Spanish, but you know, set, set la bar. We'll do it in French. La bar. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, how are you guys doing, tonight? Issa? How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm excited to talk some dynamite with you guys. It was a fun evening, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we will dive segment by segment, match by match. But this had this had a lot of enjoyable things. It, it was a good a, a good pace, but there were stories, there was matches, there was. Uh, I mean, there's things to critique as we will do. But I, I yeah, just to just to kind of start off positive, a, a pretty pretty fun episode overall. Jimmy, how's life for you? How's the sh- how's the snow shoveling for you? Oh my goodness, uh, it's uh, it's it's keeping me. Uh... In shape. I don't have to do my. I don't have to get my ten thousand steps in a day in this freezing cold weather when I go out shoveling. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, pretty brutal. Uh, through the through these parts of the, on the uh, thermometer. Can't relate, days. boy. Can't relate. Yeah, yeah. No. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Good on you, though. Uh, before we get into dynamite again, uh, thanks to everybody who's in the live chat that's already been uh, engaging with each other. There, getting excited uh, for this podcast uh so before we do dynamite let's jump into one of the big pieces of news items that you can read about on wrestling inc uh the original reporting coming from the wonderful folks over at fightful select and has to do with andrade el idolo now we've been uh, all chatting on social and on podcasts had been hearing the rumors that he was done with AEW, and then uh, tony khan i believe actually on the world's end post press conference uh, uh, confirmed such uh, but just a little bit more detail in how things have gone down. It looks like he did have some time added to his AEW contract because he was out for injury for a certain amount of time. And you know, he is believed to go back. To, he's going back to WWE. Uh, the report does claim that his wife, Charlotte Flair, uh, naturally played a part in in him deciding to come back to WWE. Um, I guess the final few months, though, it wasn't all you know clear, cut, and dry that he was definitely going back to AEW because there's or back to WWE, excuse me, because there are some in AEW who said that it seemed like he was kind of pulled in a few different directions, that at one point it seemed like in the last few months that he was going to stay with AEW. Uh, but then somewhere along the way, things kind of took a real drastic shift uh, and between you know the persuasion of his wife, between his happiness or unhappiness with things in AEW and, and aspirations of what to accomplish in WWE, uh, you know, he, had made the, he had made the decision that he's going to go back to WWE and is expected, um, expected back at any time, some talent even said they thought that he'd be back uh, last week to, to WWE. He's not, but of course, with the Rumble looming, that's always a very real possibility. Uh, Issa, your thoughts on this, Andrade? Um, you know, had a lot of hype when he came into AEW, like many other former WWE stars. Um, you know, but it never quite seemed like it, it saw its fullest potential. Are you shocked to hear him go back to WWE? You know what? Actually, yes, I am a little because Andrade was actually quite vocal about receiving uh, a pretty hefty offer from WWE that he turned down. Um, I remember the interviews. I remember the news cycles when he left WWE. He asked for his release openly and he um, commented that he was offered a pretty good offer that he ended up turning down. At the end of the day, though, nothing like the way that the last few months, years have played out in wrestling. I don't see it. Like nothing is impossible at this point. I think things can be worked out, especially when your better half is there. 
I'm pretty sure there has to be a way to figure it out that will make it easier for everybody. I do think that when I compare the runs, I, I personally think he was better in WWE. I don't know. I was at a house show where he won the United States Championship in MSG, and it was freaking awesome. Like, um, we'll see what they do with him. But, yeah, I am a little bit shocked. I feel like it's been a long time, and people don't remember, but he was quite open about not wanting to be part of WWE. Yeah, and of course, Jimmy, again, uh, I think a major change. Again, he uh, Andrade had success in NXT under Triple H. His Raw and SmackDown presentation, maybe not the best or not, again, not potential not seen to the fullest, but things have changed in terms of creative control and how things are running in WWE in his last few years that he's been gone. So I got to think, in addition to his wife being with the company, that the, the creative forces of Triple H being in charge has to be probably a, a relevant factor to this. Definitely, because uh, you, you, like you said, there is a husband and wife team in Andrade and, and Charlotte Flair, and we have a husband and wife team in Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. That makes an interesting dynamic there. You know, Johnny Gargano and Candice, Candice, uh, Candice. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's opportunities there because they have pulled the curtain back before you never used to know who was dating, who, who was with, who, who was married to who now everybody pretty much knows Montez and Bianca. Yeah. So you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Take advantage of it. And like, like Issa said, you know, with, with uh, triple H in charge, they, had a good working relationship from my, it was my understanding. So I, I think he has a lot of trust there and he's seeing the dynamic that we see in, in AEW where there's just more and more talent coming in and just not enough time to present these talents on television. And he yeah. was, he was a casualty in that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I got to think, you know, I, 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 like others had heard the rumblings online that maybe Andrade would make his presence felt on the raw day one. Uh, hindsight being 2020 i'm glad he didn't because you aren't going to outshine the appearance and surprise of the rock mm -hmm. so i'm glad that he didn't so now i have to imagine the best next best scenario is royal rumble, rumble right mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it it makes sense it makes logical sense but then again is he, will he be the only surprise in oh i don't think so i don't think so either i don't think so uh, loud Miami fans saying, whoa, I thought LeVar was done Wednesdays. This is awesome. This is actually, if you heard last week on the Wednesday podcast, this is my last regular Wednesday uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll still be on Monday nights. Uh, you know, maybe maybe do a run-in every Wednesday here and there again, but this is my last regular week with our trio. Uh, so we'll enjoy it. We'll have some fun. Of course, Can we, we not all... talk about it? I'm not, I haven't accepted it yet. Thank you. Oh, look at that. I, I, I should have wore pink for this last one. I really should have. Wow, yeah, yeah, you should have. <laughs> that, that, that's that's me recognizing the gravitas of this episode. <laughs> All right, let's get in. Let's get into AEW Dynamite. Coming to you from Charleston, mm -hmm. South Carolina. Uh, again, overall, and we'll kind of revisit um, revisit the overall narrative and, and grade of the show, but you know, pretty enjoyable, but still you know, a lot to talk about. But I don't feel like we had as many 20 and 10 situations, so... We'll see, we'll see what we all feel. we got our uh, TNT champion kicking it off, Christian Cage, going up against Dustin Rhodes. Um, you know, two veterans, two, two guys whose combined years' experience <laughs> in the business is over 60, uh, which is incredible. But a nicely done match. The, these two, never mind their age, never mind whatever, that's, that's not relevant here because they went out there and Jimmy, they worked their asses off. I know you know both of these men very well. Great false finish on the crossroads oh. by Dustin. 
<laughs> he's got to contend with kill switch and Nick Wayne outside. He hits a he just casually hits a Canadian destroyer outside of the ring on Nick Wayne. Uh, but finally, after two kill switches, uh, Christian does get the victory and retains the title as we figured. Uh, but Jimmy, this what a hell of an opening match! One of the best opening matches on Dynamite I can recall for my money. It, it, these guys told one heck of a story, and and I hate to put it this way, but it it felt old school coming back again, but to a new school audience, and they appreciated everything they they saw because they are so invested in the personas in the ring. They, you know, Dustin Rhodes has a, has a legacy, and people love him, and and Christian Cage is just got the audience booing him. He's almost not quite at that Dominic Mysterio level, but let's put it this way. He's got that audience hating him. And it was a perfect way to open the show with a heel and a baby face. Definitely, you know, distinguishing each their side. Uh, I'm trying to spit it out properly here, but it's like <laughs> properly, you know, you, but you know what I'm trying to say? It, yeah. it felt like an old school match with a little bit of new school twist. If I may make one little critique, the referee distraction did take a little bit too long. I thought the one where, where Christian was trying to take the turnbuckle pad off and Aubrey was over there with him for far too long. It just, other than that, yeah, these guys knocked it out of the park. I thought they had a heck of a match. Yeah, Issa, this is a, uh... You know, when, when you think about AEW Dynamite, you don't necessarily think Christian Cage versus Dustin Rhodes, you know, frequently known as Gold Dust or what have you. I mean, so kind of a an interesting pairing for early 2024. But like I said, age, not relevant because these two guys came out there and tore the house down for this title match. Yes, they did. And I like um, Jimmy's observation because uh, my only thing was like, well, this went on for a long time. And now that I think about it with Jimmy pointing that out, that referee distraction did take a little bit. But it didn't matter. I, I feel like this had no business being that good, right? Like the match starts and they don't give a shout out to Corey Pride in the chat because he mentioned they should have rolled out the video that set the match up. And I saw it on social media and it was so funny because I remember coming across it on Saturday and just seeing the two just before I hit play and I'm like, oh no, because we all know Christian and the dad thing, right? Dustin Rose across from him. I'm like, oh no, it's going to go. So I wish they would have played it because the Dynamite um, audience is familiar with Christian doing this. But regardless, if you're if you're not watching what happens on the weekend or you're just not on social media, it didn't matter. They put on a banger. Like I said, he had no business being that good at first. He started slow. He felt very old school, the slow start, the build-up to mm -hmm. the crazy finishes. Uh, Nick Wayne sold that Canadian Destroyer, like, beautifully. Like, it was just perfect. And at the end of it, I was like, okay, that did not, they did not need to go. That, that was a pay-per-view quality match right there. Like, it, shout out to them, because they, if you weren't invested, they got you invested by the end of the match. And that's that's what it's all about. They did. You're right. They did. If you if you weren't at the start, then uh, they, they they grabbed you at some point. And I mean, it should go without it should go without saying to all the talent that are, that's there at AEW that's younger than these two uh, vets. Watch for this match. Take some notes. Go pick their brain. Ask them why they did this here. Ask them how do they know that that was going to work there. Ask them any question you got to ask them because this is the false this, finishes were yeah. so good, so really? good. People bit on those, and people were invested in the match. They were invested in the story being told as opposed to getting invested in moments, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, specific moments. You, uh, uh, yes, you want to have moments that people remember, but it was like 
not getting invested in this spot, that spot, this spot, that spot. It, they told a heck of a story. It, again, what can I tell you? <laughs> and, and like you guys said, those false finishes, people bit. They did. You know, the TNT title, uh, when AEW unveiled it many years ago, uh, many, relatively speaking, many. <laughs> um, when they unveiled it years ago, you know, I, I think it kind of it started off hot. Obviously, the great late, uh, the, the great, um, the great and late Brody Lee, you know, he was a great champion. You know, we had, they had some other good TNT title runs and matches early on, but then the title kind of, I think, kind of fell back in, in its relevancy or the way that it was presented. Um, but it really feels like Christian has brought it back to a, a level of. Since it's, Miro, it, it, since Miro, yeah. I haven't cared about this title up until this Christian Cage run. Yeah, it feels like Christian's kind of brought it back to a level of, uh, you know, it's it's as important as the world title in some respects. Yeah. And you know what? I really appreciate it. And I know we'll get into that a little bit later, but it was such a complete different match than what we got in the middle of the show and at the end of the show. And I love when you get a show where there's a little something for everyone. And you don't have to be into everything, right? But I felt like today's Dynamite, there was something for every style or every freaking kind of fan. You're the old school. You want the somebody just murder someone. You want the flips. Mm -hmm. Like everything was on tonight's show. And I got to give them credit for that. I agree, you know, and, and, you know, Jimmy and I have talked about it. I was talking about it on Busted Open last, last Sunday with my co-host there, Jonathan Hood. It's, it's, it's the great buffet. You know, yep. this side of the, this side of the buffet, you, you, you might, you might want some seafood. That yep. side of the buffet, you might want some Chinese. Like as long as, as long as there's something for everybody to, to fill their plate up with. Yeah. It's like a variety show. You have a song and dance uh, segment. You have a comedy segment. You have a little bit of everything. Well, they had a little bit of everything this first hour. Um, so we have this match, and then we have a lot of backstage stuff. Um, I'm going to condense some of the backstage stuff together when it gets to Hangman and Swerve. But, you know, we had a lot. We really only had two matches in the first hour, if I have my time markers correct, uh, which is not always the case for Dynamite in terms of how they No, you have stuff. it correct because that first match went over 20 yeah. minutes with introductions and everything. So, yeah. yeah. So, we have that time. yeah so we have that mm -hmm. match that took the time. And then we go backstage. Chris Jericho's talking to Renee about how he's mad about his loss at Battle of the Belts. Matt Seidel interrupts. And Matt Seidel says, I know what you need. You need to get back in the ring, Chris. You need, you need a challenger that's going to snap you out of this funk. And so we're going to get a Chris Jericho Rampage match this Friday against Matt Seidel. I'm sure somebody in the chat could be our official stat boy. Uh, Jericho probably hasn't had too many Rampage matches in his AEW career. you know. So that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's obviously an attempt to get more viewers over to Friday night, but I don't know how well that that's going to work, and, and that's not that's not a knock on Jericho. Yeah, just, that's just yeah. it's a knock on Rampage more than anything. Right. Being on so, Friday night. Yeah, so we'll see what that does. Chris Jericho versus Matt Seidel. Um, like I said, we also got a backstage with with uh, Swerve. I'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, we go back to the ring. We get Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta up against Commander and Penta. A very athletic match and fast-paced style for the most part, as you would expect here. Trent gets the win with the sit-down driver on Commander. Post-match, here comes part. Here comes three-fifths of the Undisputed Kingdom. Uh, Roderick Strong with Taven and Bennett. Roddy telling OC that he wants that international title. Orange Cassidy is ready to do it right then and there, but Roddy says, no, 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 no. I want you to think for six weeks about how this title is going to be taken from you. I want you to think about how you're keeping it warm for me. So on March 3rd at Revolution, Roderick Strong uh, is going after this international title. He's going after this title. Of course, Bennett, David, already tag champs for ROH. Later, we'll hear from Adam Cole and Wardlow, who are in pursuit 
uh, of a world title. So, Issa, uh, what did you make of this? Do you, do, you, are, do you care about Roderick Strong coming after this international title from Orange Cassidy? I thought it made sense. I had I had some people over on my chat during my watch along, like mentioning, like, oh, it's the same thing they're doing. And I was like, no, because Adam Cole did tell us that Roddy was going to go after this title. So why not start setting it up? Um, I wish instead of saying, I mean, I, I, w- I was trying to say that they sold out. Revolution's basically sold out. So now that you make gate, you can relax sit back and book a good show for your sold out show. Build it ahead of time. I've been very critical on this podcast specifically about how these pay-per-views are being booked within days in advance. Here, you don't have to worry about who do I put where, who's moving the needle so I can sell some last minute tickets. Now you can really tell us a story, but I almost wish that we would have not know this for an advance. Like maybe build a field where you know where it's leading instead of announcing it all together today. That, that will be me nitpicking. But I, I think I thought it made sense. Uh, I don't know what's with the mustaches in AW, but we can get into that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, six weeks is a long time, and I, and I kind of agree with uh, this comment uh, here by King Kia eight six four Jimmy. I mean, this is the wrestling kind of like heel logic. Why would the heel want to wait six weeks? If if you've got Orange Cassidy who says let's do it now, and he's just came off of a a tag match, like mm-hmm. you know, kick him while he's down type of thing. But that being said, as Issa said, they're they're going to promote this now for six weeks to the pay per view. Um, because this is my last regular Wednesday, I don't know, Jimmy, if I will get to talk to you on the air, at least, in front of uh, mm-hmm. our, our audience, about Revolution predictions. So I'll just go ahead and toss out to you now. This kind of feels like the way this whole Undisputed Kingdom is quickly moving since they're unveiled. This kind of feels like this probably will be the end of Orange Cassidy's international title run and that this, inter- that this Undisputed Kingdom is going to start really collecting gold quickly. It sounds, it very much sounds like it. And, and like you guys said, I, I, I like the build and I like what Roddy had to say when he came out. Uh, and, and to, to our listener uh, out there who, who mentioned it, I just, I missed who it was uh, that made that comment about him. Why not take advantage of, of, of tonight where Orange Cassidy just went through a grueling tag team match and, and, and try and, you know, pick up the pieces there and, and win the title. Uh, I like the fact that he came out and said, you know, I'm going to make you wait. Uh, but to Issa's point, instead of picking the day and saying it's going to be on this day, I will let you know when. No. You you won't know you won't know when it's going to be until I say it's going to be. You know, and, and, and be that guy. And then you could, in a couple of weeks, say, you know, hey, on March third, that that international championship is coming where it belongs, or whatever the however you want to word it. But yep. uh, and the other thing I like too that they didn't get into altercation afterwards. Right. Yes. They didn't yes. need to. Yeah. That that's been one of the my critiques of uh, AEW <clears throat> is that the post match uh, interaction. There always has to be a brawl or something. No, there doesn't. Especially yeah. if we're not going to see them go at it for six weeks, there's no need to go into a brawl this soon before the pay per view, right? right? I feel yeah. like with Adam Cole saying, "Hey, Roddy, you're going to go after this title," and him coming out today, they could have done the "I'm going to tell you when," and I feel like I would have automatically put it together in my brain, "Oh, it's going to happen mm-hmm. at the pay per view. We're going to see a build up." So yeah, the picking the day, but that's just nitpicking. I didn't have a problem mm-hmm. with this segment. I thought it was great. By the way, that turn Beretta finisher tonight looked incredible. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. the sell. I don't know what it was, but it looked really good. Yeah, yeah, and just to add on to what you guys are saying, like, you got to figure in the next six weeks we're going to get all the different combinations. We're going to get Bennett and Taven against Orange Cassidy and Trent, and so like we're gonna there's gonna be enough physicality amongst the two parties that we we don't we don't need to give that away uh, tonight. So uh, agreed there. 
going through the tragedy. Burner account says, uh, Issa, what are you drinking? This is like, it's called like a Bacardi Hurricane. It's that drinks that already come made and you just like serve them because I was lazy tonight. There you go. There you okay. go. I didn't feel like mixing anything up, so I just bought the ready to drink stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Uh, Dylan Matthews, he says, where's Labar going? I will not stand for this. Dylan, I love, I love you. I appreciate it. As I said last week, I, I, I'm not, I'm still going to be here on Monday nights with, with Jimmy and Jack or, or whoever I'm with on a Monday night, given that week. Uh, it's as I said, these guys, uh, just with the addition of busted open stuff now, especially on Sunday, it's just that's yeah, but now I'm gonna have to start calling in every Sunday. You were my gym buddy, right? I listened yeah. to you while I'm working out on Sunday mornings. I'm gonna have to call in to talk to you because you know, I was like, I talked to him on Wednesdays, I can just listen as to I him, told, you know? as I told Jimmy, because he got stuck on hold the very first show we did, I said, Jimmy. We'll give you the hotline number. You get a fast pass in front. You said we'll give you a fast. You got to sit on hold. We'll give you. A- you know, I, I typically I typically don't do this, but I'll send the text and be like, I'm on hold. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get you on. D- Dylan, like, like I said, it's uh, Wrestling Inc. Still, I'm still waving the Wrestling Inc. flag. We still support the podcast. I want you guys to all support the podcast. Peel back the curtain. Every night that we have a podcast, there's the X amount of hours prior to that that we're watching wrestling. Monday, I still have that. You know. Friday morning with Busted Open, and then now with the Sunday show of Busted Open, it's all three hours with me on it. That also means that then that Saturday night, I got to make sure that whatever's going on that Saturday night, I can't watch it later. I can't watch it the next day. I got to watch it all that night. Then Sunday do the show. It's just less time with the family. It's more work. It is what it is, and 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 money and this and that. So it was just a decision to make to cut back somewhere. And uh, Wednesdays yeah. with a cutback is that that, but that's all it is. Very- what you do and yeah, we yeah. love talking wrestling with you and, and that's something that i've done with you for a long time so yeah. we're gonna miss you that's all you know no i like it like i told like i told the, the like i told the, the bosses i said if, if there's a wednesday if you give me enough heads up if there's a wednesday where you need somebody to come in i don't know who's tech i don't know who's taking my regular spot but if you need me to come in like if i have enough notice and i can do it you know no cool. no hard feelings just all it is right so nothing but, personal yeah, another personal. I'm I'm still here waving the wrestling flag. It's all you still like us, right? It wasn't because uh, of Jimmy and I. Oh God, no. <laughs> God no. God no, no, no. I, I will I will I will take I will draft you two over most others. You're both wonderful. Cool. Um, all right, keeping it going here. Uh so we had that, and then like I said, we had some backstages go on. So I'll kind of combine these two segments. Earlier we had uh Swerve, he's backstage, you know, again, talking about how you know he's got eyes everywhere, and, and he's ready. He wants to become champion. But we also got he's got eyes everywhere, but mm-hmm. sleeping. Did you see those black eyes, mm-hmm. like those dark circles? This boy's not sleeping. He's not. <laughs> he's not. Well, I mean, he. I mean, you know, he swerves while he drives. Um, I wanted to give him some of my eye cream. Like poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, backstage, Hangman's explaining how, you know. Not only does he want to win this AEW World Title, not only does AEW World Title mean more to him probably than anybody else, but he wants to win it. He wants to hold it for a length of time. He wants to set it to a whole new level. Uh, Renee says, "Well, you know, we talked to Swerve earlier. You know, he says that he wants to do all this." And then Heyman goes, "Well, Swerve ain't the champion, so I don't got to worry about beating him right now." So really, again, setting up the whole situation here is uh, this World Title has got uh, several people lining up here. Uh, to go after it, which I like, but I I like and and Swerve certainly has a momentum, Issa. But it is, it, it, I mean, Swerve has a momentum. It is kind of like you know, Swerve and Hangman already had that big blow off of a match. I know that that was them and their personal problem. I know now they're both going after the world title, so you know that that that's what it is. But I, I just don't, 
I don't buy into Hangman uh, after he after he already lost the Swerve. I just don't buy into Hangman being the next one up. It's kind of like now nah, you you should step there, every every once in a while. Uh, AW back when they have the rankings days lives rain free on my brain, and I'm like, if we were on those days, Hangman, you would not be anywhere near. You know, you know the person that should be up next, especially when uh, Swerve never took a loss in the. Yeah. In the in the in the, oh, yeah, I forgot the word. What did we just have the the continental thing that we just had? Yeah, going yeah. Right? Yeah. We didn't even lose. So technically speaking, if we still have rankings, I believe like Swerve will probably be number one. Yeah. Now I wonder if we're gonna do something where we skip Swerve and Hangman wins it and Swerve wins it from Hangman. I don't know because I do think Swerve has all the momentum going, but I do like seeing that fire back in Hangman. I feel like we haven't seen Hangman being this like fired up in such a long time. So I do like seeing that the the the, the mustache it's a little too boogie nights for me. Mm. But I'll I'll deal with it for the yes, time being. Boogie nights. I've been yeah. trying to, I've been trying to figure out what does it remind me. You're exactly right. That's what it is. Boogie nights like one thousand percent. It's all right when you got the feeling. Yeah. But yes. But listen, I like I like seeing the fiery side of Hangman. Again, yeah. I just like when I see him and I think of Swerve and all the momentum and he's like Strike while the iron is hot. I'm not trying to compare here, but if you look at NXT with Oba Femi, like they saw it and they were like, let's just go all in with this guy. Like if you have the momentum, you have the crowd, you're missing a lot of star power on your show right now. Why why not take advantage of the person that's like really over, right? So we'll see where it goes, but I'm excited to see him and try to get himself back in the mix. He's a former world champ. Let's put some respect <clears throat> on his name, not the mustache. Jimmy, if I asked you to... uh Take your collection of loonies and toonies. Who are you buying stock on to be world champion? Swerve or Hangman? Oh, see, that's a tough one. That's like, dirty. You did him dirty with that. That is that is that is a tough one. But there's something about Swerve that I think there's money all over written all over this guy. And even in in that little promo backstage, you know, he's watching everybody, even with the black guys, like mm. you said. He's uh, that's because he's watching everybody instead of sleeping he's keeping an eye out on everybody but there is money on written all over this guy and it, it, there's a confidence about him too when he speaks where you yeah. believe again we talk about believability all the time you believe him when he speaks whereas with hangman there's still a little bit of that when he's got that fire going i'm doing my wrestling promo this is my wrestling da, 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 da. whereas with swerve it just feels like this overwhelming confidence that you believe and you go this guy's a bad dude yeah because his actions as of recently have backed up everything that he said this man choked out hangman page in front of our eyes like mm. you know what i mean like it's like there's something about talking the talk and there's something about walking the walk i feel like that's the difference between these two guys right now hangman is doing a lot of talking but but swerve is just doing more yeah, I mean, kind of like Jimmy said, I, I do feel like, especially when you put them side by side, Swerve sounds more believable. Like that, like you believe you believe that he believes what he's saying, but where Hangman does come off a little more like he's plain wrestler um, in, in some of his words. So that's that's interesting. Uh, again, we got you know a ways to go until the next pay per view, so six weeks. So we'll, we'll see how things continue to transpire. This will not be the last that we see of Hangman. You think Swerve, we'll so. be a triple threat, maybe? Well, maybe we'll get we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. No, no. We'll, we'll, ta <laughs> we'll table that. We'll get back to that. Okay. We'll get back to that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, serious moment here of the night. 
Uh, it's been oh. one year uh, since the passing of Jay Briscoe, tragically, uh, in a car accident. His brother Mark comes out, and uh, Mark uh, proceeds to recall losing his brother a year ago and tells a story about how uh, his, Mark's nieces, so, uh, you know, Jay's uh, daughters, um, were in the car and in, and in, in the accident and how uh, Mark's oldest niece was told that she was not going to walk again. And then out comes the oldest niece and her siblings walking strongly and proudly on the stage to stand with their uncle to uh, a really, you know, feel good moment uh, with them on the stage and then more of the family uh, ringside that the camera was showing, uh, followed up by a uh, tribute video uh, of Mark and Jay Briscoe in their uh, pro wrestling careers here. So nothing to critique, just a feel good moment. Um, you know, Issa, I, I remember it, it's crazy how fast a year ago, like I remember a year ago, the three of us talking about, this tragic passing, talking about any interactions or memories we had had with the Briscoes. Um, this, this hit you in all the feels? Uh, a thousand percent. Seeing those kids come out there just looking strong. I remember not only were we heartbroken from losing Jay Briscoe, taken way too soon from us, but we found out that those kids were in the car, his daughters were in the car with him, and we heard like it wasn't good. I remember that's what we heard originally. And we were all praying and donating and doing everything we could do for that family. So I feel like if there is a, a little bit of light in, in, in everything that happened and their loss, it's just seeing those kids out there standing strong with their uncle, um, seeing Mark continue on to wrestle because he would have had, everybody would have been okay with him taking whatever time he needed, but for him to continue the legacy and for us to remember them boys, you know, forever, every time he comes out, I automatically think of Jay, that's going to be something that will be that way forever. But I thought this was so well done. It tugged at everybody's heartstrings. <clears throat> the video package was beautiful. It was just, it was excellent. There's nothing else to say other than he was taken too soon. But I'm happy to see his family standing strong out there. That was a nice way to at least bring a little bit of lighting to the tragedy. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, um, no. I mean, you know, good on AEW, good on yeah. Tony Khan to give this TV time for Mark to come out and speak and to bring the family out and then to show that video, um, you know, just good, 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 good yeah. on them. Yeah. I, not much more I could add to what Issa said. It's just, a, you know, a tragic moment. And, and, and it was, it was a nice and fitting tribute to, to, uh, to the family, having the family there. And like you said, having, having uh, uh, Jay's daughters there and stuff like that. It, it, it was just uh heart, wrenching but at the same time feel good moment that they gave him this this wonderful tribute let's put it yeah and, and i don't know and i don't i don't, don't want to dwell on this too much longer but uh but i i don't know i, I think this is the that, that was like the most that mark had talked mark had that, not really talked right? about this. yeah i like, felt so, that way too i haven't seen him in podcasts or in, at least nothing that has popped up across my timeline i feel like this is the first time he came out there and really spoke openly about same I, I didn't i don't want to i didn't want to speak to you but that that's kind of what i thought is i was like right. you know it was cool that he was doing this it's kind of like kind of like it took a year for him to 
Cause I, I haven't heard. And you can see all the emotion in the words that he was saying, and then he embraced his, his his nephew and his nieces, and it was a beautiful moment. You could tell it came from the heart. But yeah, I don't think that he has really openly spoken about this. He felt like this was the first time, and there's nobody outside of his kids and his wife. He's the best person, right, to to come out yeah. there and speak on on mm-hmm. the family's behalf. <clears throat> so uh, yeah. obviously, a tragic anniversary, but uh, a bit of a feel good moment um, with with the right. the kids coming out. All right. Up next, we get another pre-tape. So again, really heavy on the on the mm-hmm. interviews and the and the and, and the stuff backstage. This one pre-taped, you know, kind of earlier in the day type of thing with Renee and the Young Bucks. There is a lot to this. So I want to make sure we. I mean, you know, what what could sometimes be just kind of a throwaway pre-tape backstage sit-down interview. Uh, like I felt like there's a lot to kind of pull from this. So we have uh we have the Young Bucks sitting in in their new look. As I said last week, looks like they just came off the corporate retreat. New look, very polished, and they immediately want to be called Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be called in their more professional name. And they're talking about how they're taking their jobs serious. Uh, they, they're taking it more seriously. They're EVPs. They help found this company. And then they start asking, and then Renee talks about you know, rumors about them, and they quickly latch on to the rumors, Jimmy and Issa. Mm-hmm. And they start to talk about hypothetically, you know, well, what would you do if somebody was attacking your life's work and threatening your company? And would you risk affecting relationships and, and, your, and, and your, your, your speaking relationship with people and this and that? Basically, in this whole thing, of as they're talking about this transition that they are being more serious about their jobs, this felt like them without obviously ever naming and, and citing a specific situation. This is like the first time of them speaking about the controversies and, and problems that have gone on internally in the company that they have been a part of with CM Punk and with others. And they are kind of answering to and justifying such of like, would we do it again? Hell yes. We are, you know, we don't, you don't know what you don't know when you do it now hindsight, but you know, we're, we want to protect this company and we and, and, and then they start talking about how, when they launched AEW, they wanted to be the, the motto they kept saying to each other was change the world. They wanted to be disruptors. But then how things have started to change and AEW's mission started to change. Where have we heard this recently? And then they started talking about how toxicity started entering the locker room. People who are self-servant mm-hmm. cause problems in the locker room. And then they bring up Sting. They say, well, Sting's a model employee, but Sting represents that generation of the last of that generation that wants to milk the last bit of TV time and dollars they can get. By 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 you know you know but using AEW as, as as that and so them stepping up to Sting in his last match is their way of cementing the goodbye of getting that generation out of here. Jimmy, there was a lot to this. I yeah. I, I I did not expect this promo to result in me vigorously writing as many notes as I was writing trying to mm-hmm. keep up with it. What say you on this one? No, I I enjoyed it. I love the fact that they referenced it without actually saying it. But those who are very familiar with the situation know what they were talking about. And there may be some people out there who are going, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are they what are they referring to? What's going on here? Something must have happened. I like that it was subtle and they didn't refer to it overtly. Let's put it that way. It wasn't as overt as mentioning names or anything like that. And I love the fact that they're doing this 
it, we're executive vice president. Well, you know, we're executives here in this company and we're uh, Nicholas and Matthew and, and that sort of thing. The only thing I would like to see now is that the next time they appear in the ring in a tag match, they don't do the young buck style. Yes. They change that style and make it a more, I don't know, down to earth. Uh, I don't know how to explain serious style. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me fantasy book with you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come out to their Young Bucks music, their being the elite stuff. Come out of some corporate elevator music shit. <laughs> come out dressed the way they were dressed. Come out, oh, come out. So let let their let their Videotron stuff be a be a freaking PowerPoint that you'd be pitching in the boardroom. I, like or them sitting in a corporate office. Yeah, in their strip away there. all of the rocker esque Matt uh, Hardy boy esque. Strip away all those elements for these next six weeks. And make it as straight laced corporate as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Issa, when when the Bucks came out last week at Daly's place and, and stood at the stage across from Sting and Darby, and we all kind of said, "Okay, well, this is what it's going to be." Then uh, it did kind of seem random. It was like, "Really, the Bucks? The Bucks who have just done this heel turn? We're going to have the Bucks against Sting and Darby?" But all of a sudden, this explanation that they gave, and oh, by the way, they managed to for the first time speaking publicly, even if it was very subtle about all the behind the scenes hoopla and working that into their explanation. So in a slight subtle way, taking the negative BS that has happened internally there and trying to turn it into something that can generate a, a, a money-making Matt, I, I don't know. I thought this was a, this was a, this was a great swing by AEW. I thought. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But yo, you don't agree. Oh, you okay? Okay, floor zoers, you don't like this. I just thought it was too little, too late. I think if they would have done this back when they came back from their suspension or something like that, I would have been a lot more into it. But the CM Punk thing with the Beyond Box was in 2021. He already moved on, had a different issue with somebody else, and now he's in a whole different company, thriving. So the fact that he's still living in your head rent free just shows how much you cannot move on from things and do what's best for your company i think that if they would have came back and said no we're going to be the evps and we're going to put this company back where it was before the mess started i think that would have been a little bit of a better approach right i mean we were all waiting for them to address it in some kind of way but it's like for Sting's last match, bro, you don't have to do anything that match has literally sold the pay-per-view on its own before they even announced you were the the the, the people going against him so for me, I was I was a little bit more into the EVP douchey attitude that they had. And at one point, Renee was trying to ask them a question. And they were like, you weren't here in the beginning. So you wouldn't know. Like, that popped me because I was like, okay, that's that's good stuff and right then they, there, and, right? Then, and then they said, oh, by the way, your paycheck came, right? Thank you. Right, right. So <laughs> I, I like the EVP, but I think it would have taken that whole... No, we're here to be more serious. You know, we're EVPs now. We're going to get this company back to where it needs to be. I'm tired of all. But the whole using that as an excuse right now for me is just it's just lame because for me, for me, AEW has always taken all of these shots at WWE while WWE tries without mentioning them directly. Yes, they take their jobs. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like a direct thing the way that AEW does it. So for them to resort to this in a match that doesn't need it, I am not with you guys on this one. Well, so Isa, I agree with you absolutely that when they first came back, when the Bucks first came back on TV from the suspension that that we assume they all had, uh, I agree. That would have been the time, even if you don't want to mention Punk's name and you just want to, that would have been the time to somehow try to utilize the innuendos and whatever to, to propel them and propel their storylines forward. I agree. I will note that from what we're hearing, that this was Sting's call. I, I, mean, I guess it should be. Sting wanted to work. I would assume the Sting have first choice <clears throat> of who you want yep. this to be against. So if I so I will say if I'm Tony Khan, if I'm whoever in his creative writing staff he has right now, and if I'm the Bucks, 
that if you get told, hey, Sting's requesting you guys to be his opponents for his last match, <clears throat> obviously you're not going to say no to Sting. Great honor. <clears throat> but I can understand the Bucks and then the t- Tony and the creative staff. <clears throat> excuse me. Going okay. Well, what's like? What's the heat? What's the story? Like, how do we, how do we get a story out of this? So it is a little. It is. You're right. That's that that that, that shit went down in 2021. So it is kind of weird in the sense that it's 2024 now. But I, I also can see the the situation of them trying to come up with something, and they re they kind of re, they're starting to reinvent themselves, change their look. So it, it, you know, being put in a position of okay, how do we make the Bucks these heels that want to get Sting out of their company? So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 this 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 gave me more interest in this match than I had seven days ago when we first got the inkling that this match was going to happen. That that definitely did. And uh, again, like I said, you, you're right. You have to, the the Bucks are going to get cheered no matter what they do as the young Bucks. But as Nicholas and Matthew, it it changes the dynamic for them and the, the audience. That's not who they want to see. Yeah, I just you had. CM Punk calling them counterfeit bucks in their own TV show, but just on a different day, and they didn't do anything about it. And now that the guy's out there doing something else, now you want to bring it up? It just, I it just, I, I feel like his thing is the young bucks. I mean, maybe we're lacking a little creative here, but there was other ways to get to a story that will make you interested. But hey, people that love that gossip stuff are gonna pop for this. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, again, they got six weeks to go, so we'll see yeah. what six weeks holds uh, as they build. And actually, by that, I should note, too, because commentary said something later. The match is not official yet, actually. It, that, that, that's still not official, so there's still, there's still, you know, contract signing potentially to happen in the ring. There's still things to happen because it is not official yet. I forget what I forget what commentary said later in the night, but somewhere they were kind of recapping what we saw on the show and still noted how we don't know. Sting. I, I think it was, oh no, we got a Sting and Darby video package, I believe, and, and they said we still don't know what the final match is going to be. So it's not official, okay. but obviously we know this is where it's, it's headed, uh, inevitably. <clears throat> okay, we got Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, and uh, the uh, the Gun Boys, the Ass Boys, up against the Ring of Honor trio champs of the Mogul Embassy. And at one point, Anthony uh, Bowens comes out and stops Prince Nana from using the title belt to hit on Jay White. Finally, Jay White uh, does get to uh, – he does win the titles. He does win the ROH Trio titles, uh, gain the victory for him and his squad. So now, even more so, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn, they've been kind of pitching to 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 do Bullet Club Gold. Let's have the super faction, the super super group. And now you got the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. They're the AEW Trio's champs. Now you have the Bullet Club Gold. They're the ROH Trio's champs. So, uh, Jimmy, they're continuing to kind of pitch mm-hmm. – and foreshadow the super group. Well, was it going to be a super group or is it going to be a super combination of, of titles, so to speak? That's the thing. It's a, I, I hope it's not a super group. It could be a lot of fun, but for me, the gun boys are just, you know, a lot. There's so much potential in that, that tag team. It, it just, it screams tag team champions in the future for them regular tag team champions as opposed to trios tag team champions. But as far as your question about them uh, turning into a super group, a super, uh, what, what were they? Bullet, uh, bullet club gold, bullet gold, gold scissors. <laughs> you trying to give a name, yeah. trying to give them a name or something like that. Uh, uh, again, too many factions already. We don't yeah. need to combine more. Let's put it that way and make a bigger one. Isa, do you have the interest in these two trios? 
Come I on, don't. They're the trios champions from different companies. Like, should they should, shouldn't they be feuding? Are they gonna combine this? I don't think this makes any sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it either. I, you're right. I didn't I mean, like seeing Bullet Club Gold win that gold. I just don't think we need to be combining trios. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I, and I completely forgot that. And, and that's a shame that the acclaim are the trios, the AEW trios champion, because they just won the Ring of Honor trios championships. Just too much. It's too confusing. But I was happy to see Bullet Club Gold win something. Right. I don't like it. I don't. I don't care for the two. You're right. The two. They're two different companies and you know we all i think we all are in agreement of roh taking up aw tv time um what happened with the the acclaimed were the most over thing that every single week on dynamite you tried out there and everybody in that crowd stopped what they were doing to hear max caster's raps to do the scissor gimmick like that that's the kind of shit that you can't even in your best creative pitch meeting you can't pitch how well it's going to translate it's just one of those organic things it's it's you mm -hmm. know nobody knew that dx suck it was going to take like and it did it took off they had a certain lightning in a bottle with that what happened with that uh, who, who, knows? Who, who who hit the mute button on that exactly we and we don't want to see them come back later on under masks being led by someone yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what i mean they put them on shows that that people oh. are not watching ultimately exactly you know again Missing an opportunity. We talk about missed opportunities. There is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I just the I mean the acclaimed was. I mean, talk about homegrown AEW stars and you know, MJF's there and, but like I mean the acclaimed was just that whole gimmick. I mean that that, that was turn your volume up for that thirty second rap because you had no idea what he was going to say. I mean, I don't know. And his whoever he was taking a jab at, usually it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, more backstage. Adam Cole with Wardlow says that uh, Wardlow hasn't even begun to scratch the surface, and now that he's in the Undisputed Kingdom, he will be unbeatable. He will be the most dominant individual maybe in AEW history, and he's going to get that AEW world title, and it's coming to uh, the Undisputed Kingdom. So, uh, Issa, um, again, the Undisputed Kingdom continue to make their intent known of the titles that they plan to acquire. You don't think that this visually looks so stupid? Yeah. He could like go like this and blow Adam Cole out of the freaking room, <laughs> but he's listening, taking orders from him. And him, it, it, you gotta figure out a way to make injured Adam Cole work. We talked about it. Sit him in a throne, do something where we're not seeing him out there with the little like. I I, I, I just think Wardlow looks so silly taking orders from him. Mm -hmm. And unless this is turning into Warlow turns on Adam Cole, I don't know what the time frame is with his injury and anything, but unless this is turning into Warlow's going to screw all of the devils over, it just visually, I hate it. I hate every second of this. Warlow shouldn't be Tito's and look like somebody that should be taking orders from anybody, let alone somebody that's sorry, but crippled. He looks crippled when you stand him right there next to him in his little crutches and stuff. Well, Jimmy, I was glad they did not have Adam Cole come out in the ring earlier with Undisputed Kingdom, so, they, so you could try to hide the injury as he's talking about. But I do think, Isa, I do think we all kind of are in on it with Wardlow. Like Wardlow, every time they keep mentioning that Wardlow's just going to go acquire this title and, and hand it over, like Wardlow keeps having this face like, oh, okay, yeah. So I think, I think we're at least all in on the 
the obnoxious joke. Can we all in? Because mm-hmm. the last time I was all in, he still ended up winning nothing and going mm-hmm. away and not accomplishing anything. Well, so I'm sorry. I, I have trust issues here. No more. I, I, no, he's I, your I, boy. Hey, 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 I can't change that. I can't, I can't change that. <laughs> and, and I want to hear more from Wardlow. I want to hear more of his, his reasoning as to why he decided to join this group as opposed to at the end of uh, Adam Cole speaking, him going, boom. And that's it. You know, give me something. Give, give me reasons. I need reasons. We'll see. Clock is ticking uh, as we're on the. I mean, I look at it as a Adam Cole thinks he has Wardlow as his hired hitman. Wardlow's going to smile and nod. He's going to be the hitman. It's going to acquire the gold. And then as soon as he, he did that for NJF, and then he beat NJF, and then we never saw him again for like six months. Remember? So well, I mean, there was also drama that happened. With NJF I know, I get him, that, so. but you can understand why it's hard no. to have. Not in Warlow, the characters just on yeah. how they book him. I mean, Jimmy <laughs> uses as that they just got Warlow, like that's a term that we use. Yeah. Like no, he's a, he, I mean, who are you preaching to? I, yeah. I, I know. know, I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I haven't lost sight of that. All right, let me talk about what is the most consistently entertaining thing on AEW Dynamite every single week. Timeless Tony Storm on commentary for Anna Jay versus Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo having her second match in four days uh, in her AEW run. I'm a big fan of her, and I, I don't normally like to uh, lean into all this nonsense, but I saw that as a thing. I saw that she addressed it, so because she addressed it, I feel like it's appropriate for us to at least, or at least me, whatever. Um Having to address uh, ridiculous body shaming from people, whatever. Deanna Prazo is a great wrestler, point blank. And if we want to get shallow and just about the visual aspect of her, she's beautiful. You got a problem with her? You you, you go 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 handle your own issues. <laughs> Anyways, Anna J versus Deanna Prazo. Tony Storm's on commentary. This is hilarious. Tony Storm. She she confuses. She thinks Tony Schiavone's on commentary, clean shaven with weight dropped. It's not. It's it's it's, it's, it's Ian Rakamoni from Ring of Honor. Uh, her her entire commentary is just cracking me up. And she yeah. called her Donna Donna Palazzo. Oh yeah, she, Palazzo, she, she, yes. she butchered <laughs> yeah. the, she butchered the name. Uh, Deanna gets the one with the submission afterwards. Deanna says on the microphone how her and Tony used to be like sisters, but they've both changed. And uh, Deanna, Deanna tells Tony that she is the best technical wrestler in the world. Tony does not like that statement and proceeds to start throwing shoes at Deanna. <laughs> Deanna throws back. It was a bit of a shit show, but it was actually very entertaining. Uh, Tony Storm, Jimmy, mm. character, character, character. She doesn't even have to take a bump. All she has to do is no. give her catchphrase, throw a shoe, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm so invested. I know, and, and I hate to sound repetitive. I love the little things, like when she's sitting at commentary, you're watching the match, and then they go to they go to the table, and it's in black and white, and they go to the color and back in the ring, and back to Tony, and it's everything's in black and white, and the throwing of the shoes and the whole bit. She, you, like you said, very entertaining. It's like she's almost like the art Ruth <laughs> of of AEW right now. She is much watch must watch television for that company and the shining light in the women's division. They, they, they got a deep division. And there's the shining light right there, even though the shining light's in black and white. <laughs> Isa, this is the type of, uh, 
and I, and I don't know what Tony Storm's contract situation is. <clears throat> it seems like she's having fun. So, but but it's it's when you have this kind of a character, these are the kind of characters that when you create, everybody wants some. You know, when when Matt when Matt Hardy went back on the independence and he created the broken Matt. WWE, it starts to become, people start going, oh, well, I kind of want that character that he came up with. How can we get it in-house? This Tony Storm character is the type of thing to where AEW has it, has her, and hopefully they have her down, lock and key for their own purposes and investments. But it's the type of character that gets WWE, gets TNA, gets every company that has television, because this is a television character. Every company that has television, this is what gets them to go, I'd like to have timeless Tony Storm on my roster. WWE has had Tony Storm before. They never had timeless Tony Storm. They never got to put their WWE production towards timeless Tony Storm. This is the kind of character that put that elevates your stock and has everybody Mm -hmm. wanting to get you in their company. Yeah, and if they don't get her in their company, we're gonna start seeing family copies of it. Because that's what's going to happen. I actually remember Broken Man Hardy. There was a lot of weird things happening around wrestling all around where people were just trying to do something similar to what they were doing, right? Um, I can see this character being uh, somewhat imitated. She's so good right now. She's so enjoyable right now. And I I don't think you can go wrong with her. I do hope, like you said, that they have her locked in for a long period of time because this is great television and this goes to show you that you really have a lot of talent. You have such a, a, a crazy big women's division. Why are you not using it more? I know I preach this every week, but you have so many contenders in there. We saw Anna Jay. We saw her exchange blows with Red Velvet, which was also a great match. So I, I'm, I'm talking about Diana at this point. Like you can really do more when one of your more interesting characters is, is a woman that did it by herself and got herself over. Start using the women's division more, especially with the lack of star power that you're having within the show right now. I'm hoping that Tony starts a movement in what we start seeing more of the women in AW. Yeah, yeah, this, this time is Tony Storm stuff. I, I look forward to her <laughs> every week, every, every week. week, every week. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, we get private party versus top flight. Um, you're not gonna not gonna dive too much into the the, the, the nuts and bolts of this match, but the finish is uh private party Mark Quinn specifically uh rolls up uh one of the top flight members and grabs a rope last minute there, Jimmy, for a little bit of mm-hmm. leverage and commentary selling. <laughs> is the babyface group of private party did they did they mean to use a cheating method like that, or was it just instinct because of where they were in the ring? Right. Uh anything to take away from this match and again specifically as the referee here on panel to the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the match goes, uh, again, it was typical AEW match. They should just make all their matches tornado matches and just leave it at that. Anyways, um, but uh, again, it was one of those matches where the crowd was into the moves more than they were into the, the characters. They were glad to see Private Party, you know, uh, kind of return, so to speak. But as far as the finish goes, I thought it was interesting because the, the commentary team trying to uh, determined the intent. Was the intent? Was it intentional? Did he grab the rope by, you know, how do you grab the rope by mistake? That's that's the thing. I obviously it was intentional, and I guess they were trying to to uh, add to the story by saying was it intentional? Was it by accident? He didn't mean to get caught up in the ropes or whatever the case may be. But 
Uh, I think uh, it could have been done a little differently, mm -hmm. not so close to the ropes. And, and again, from a referee standpoint, positioning wise, you're counting at the guy's butt. To make that any but the shoulders, yeah, 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 and and that's one of the one of the things that I see not just there. I see I see it a lot in AEW, but I see it pretty much everywhere, where referees will put, intentionally put themselves out of position where they can't see the shoulders for finishes similar to that, you know, and and it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, and Jim, I have to imagine too much of that's probably the referees, whether it's in AEW, whether it's on the independents, not feeling secure enough to stand up to the talent and say you're making me look ridiculous can we can, can, can we have to change this right now if it was if it, if they could have positioned it in a way where he was rolled up towards the ropes or the referee was between him and the ropes to see both shoulders and he reached over the referee where he couldn't see yeah maybe that could have worked well and that also comes from the top right if you if you would have been in position and counting at somebody's ass Mm -hmm. Vince would have chewed you out. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Tony's not Tony's not chewing out a referee for counting at, at their ass. He's just not. Right, right. It's not a priority for them right now. I guess. Yeah. Um, Issa, private party and top flight, <clears throat> uh, both at one point in AEW were, again, homegrown tag teams. That AEW looked like they were pushing. Top flight, unfortunately, did have this dealt with injuries. So that's that's a lot of that. Uh, but private party, you know, when AEW Dynamite launched, private party was. You know that, that they were a featured act before the before there was the acclaim. They were the featured, cool hip, uh, tag team act, and then really took they they took a, a huge loop around to the back seat and they're back up here. Uh, what did you make of this match? What did you make of of, of caring about these two teams? Um, I mean, I feel bad for Top Flight because on top of the injuries, I feel like they keep putting them in these losing situations because as soon as they saw who they were facing, I assume we saw Private Party come back last week. I like the continuation to seeing them on Dynamite again this week, but I thought they were going to get the win just to establish, you know, that they're back and they're making their comeback. So I feel a little bad for Top Flight, but I automatically kind of knew who was winning this match as soon as they came out. Yeah. So I guess my next question is what's what's next? What's next for Private Party? What do we do next week? So we'll see. Mm -hmm. All right, main event time. Commercial free main event. Samoa Joe defending his AEW heavyweight championship up against Hook. Hook comes out uh guns a blazing with uh some strikes, but uh quickly he's gonna get shut down, and then we're gonna see Joe brutal head first slam of Hook's head to the desk, commentary desk. Power bomb hooks, power bombs hook onto the apron. Uh, Doc Samson comes in to check in on things. Looks like there might be a count out. Hook comes in. He's not staying down. He fights back some. He's kicking out of some of Joe's signature moves. Kicking out at one on a few things, which I was like, ooh, that's, that's oh, yeah. a little, 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 little ballsy mm -hmm. there. <laughs> the muscle buster, yeah. Kicks out at one on the muscle buster. Ultimately, Joe is finally going to just get him in a coquita clutch. And that's going to cause Hook to pass out. So Joe wins and retains, which I think, you know, 99% knew was going to happen. But they're not done here. Hook uh, uh, gets up after the submission. He's screaming, that's all you got. Joe comes back in, gives him a nut shot, gives him another muscle buster off the ropes. Hook gets back up again. Looks like he's calling for more. But before anything else could happen, Hangman comes out. Uh, so Joe quietly exits as Hangman comes out to make sure that Hook's okay. Swerve's also there, front row ringside. 
I and Joe in the title belt. So much like we talked about earlier, we we have this kind of triple threat three-way situation that seems to be forming. It leaks amongst Joe, Swerve, and Hangman. But let's not forget Adam Cole's calling Wardlow shot, and Wardlow's out there. Issa, uh, thoughts on first off thoughts on Joe and Hook. Did hooks did, did did hook does hook look better for it even though it's a loss? And where are we going at Revolution for the title? Is this a triple threat? Is it a fatal four way? What are we doing? Well, um, I thought for a little bit that Joe killed a guy, a child, <laughs> um, and I thought he deserved it because we saw him throw half of an uneaten slice of pizza on social media yesterday on the ground, and you just don't do that with New York pizza. So he deserved everything that he got tonight. However, oh he no sold most of it, and that drove me crazy. I hated the no selling because you are watching Samoa Joe visually destroy the kid, and I'm not sure that him getting right back up from some of this move does anything for anyone here. The kick out at one shook me, right? I loved it. I popped. I was like, no, he didn't. But once you get put out by the coquina clutch, and then you're getting out, and then he hits all these moves again, and then you're getting up, it just doesn't help anybody right and i i feel like me personally this is just my personal take on this it's like do you look like a hero or do you just look stupid like at this point you're just a masochist right like you just like getting beat up because come on so i like the match i wish that would have let Samoa joe just like fully look like he murdered him just to establish the dominance i hated the no selling here as far as what's next, I do think it's going to be a multi-man match. It's funny that you mentioned Warlow because another thing that drove me crazy about this is that Mojo keeps coming back to beat up Hook. And how <laughs> coward does he look when Swerve comes out of Hangman comes out and then he runs away from them? Also, you don't you you beat up the skinny kid, but you're afraid of these guys. Like it just a lot of this didn't make any sense. But I'm sitting here thinking, I hope he goes backstage and we see Warlow waiting for him and clock him in the face because there's a lot of people after the world championship. I love seeing the world championship being the one that everybody's sorting after because that's the way that it should be. That's how it was with MJF. It should continue to be that way with Samoa Joe. But the match, I'm I have mixed feelings about it. I love seeing Samoa Joe destroy people. I hate seeing people no sell it though. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, and I apologize for the coughing fit there. Uh, no. Jimmy, um, on the kick out at one, right? That was that was agreed upon between those two, right? That wasn't that wasn't that's not Hook going in his own going into business for himself, right? That's just that was talked about, right? As, as he's <laughs> as he's constantly fighting from underneath. On, on one hand, I hope it was talked about and he didn't go into business for himself, but on the other hand, uh, you know, Joe is smarter than to let someone. Like, like, especially after the beating he took in that match, kick out after one, especially going through that whole procedure where the doctor's ready to stop this match. You know, you're doing that. It's, it's, you know, we've seen matches being stopped uh, recently because of uh, injuries to people and, and for their own safety and bringing the doc, Doc Sampson into this to, 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 uh, I guess, make people aware that this is a very serious situation we have with Hook. Can he continue this match? But he kind of brushes the doctor aside to get back in the ring. And why is all of a sudden, you, you, all this stuff, you're checking on the guy outside the re, as a referee, but now you're counting him out as the doctor's checking on him? That didn't make sense to me either. The, the, I know it's, it feels like I'm, I'm nitpicking, but at the same time, <clears throat> what kind of sense does that make? And then uh, uh, consistency. From the, again, from the referee standpoint, finally he gets the coquina clutch on, 
and he raises his arm three times. Whereas in the past, you know, it was basically, oh, he's out, call for the bell. You know, it, it's not consistent. It's, it, it, it changes on a weekly basis depending on what they want. That's old school. Don't get me wrong. This the raising of the hand three times. That was the old, the, <laughs> the old thing we used to do with the sleeper hold back in the day. But now when somebody gets choked out, it's like you either call for the bell or you raise the hand once. And once it falls, that's it. Well, in fairness to consistency with Joe, that's how Joe beat MJF. They did the, the three. Right. That world's end. So I guess at least with Joe, they're, they're keeping that. Right. Yeah, um, you're right. But he's the only one you do it for. Well, yeah. no, I agree. I agree. Be consistent across the board. But, um, Jimmy, what do you want to see? Do you want to see Joe versus versus Swerve versus Hangman? And that's his own thing. And Wardlow's still lurking. Do you want Wardlow to be in that match? The Fatal Four Way? Like, what do you want to see come Revolution? Nah, it's it's right now. I, I want to see more of who could present because because. I'm more I'm more invested in Swerve, as I said earlier in the show, because right. he he like he feels like the badass, right. and Joe is a ba- looks like a badass, and he's out there, and two badasses going at uh, what do they call it? Two meaty men slapping meat. That's yeah. easy. That's that, that, that <laughs> business. That's that, that's what you're going to get with these two. But the that, question that's her. Is, that's her Wednesday night. I don't know. The question <laughs> is, do you want to kill that? Do, do you make Joe a transitional champion? No, you don't. Or, 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 or you know, because or you, and you don't want to miss the opportunity for Swerve. So uh, something different needs to be done there. And do you have him beat? Do you have Joe beat a guy like Hangman? You know, you know. Again, there's another one that, and and you don't want to, you don't want Wardlow to get Wardlow again. Yeah. Even though being a part of this faction is kind of doing it anyway. Yeah, it's like, you know, Joe is, I, I I know that he could take on both heels and faces, but I think he's technically a heel. You know, Swerve's a heel. Hangman's a face, but I think as we all kind of agree, that's there's not, not a lot of real buy-in on him. Right. Warlow could be an electric, again, organic baby face who's just this killer, but we're, we're, we're right now he's at this hitman for hire. And, and he has and, his and, story. And his Adam. third or fourth freaking faction. Right. And he has his story with Adam Cole, and not just that. Let's say he is like, we fixed that. He's not gonna give Adam Cole the title. You have you have a story on a silver plate with him and NJF. Whenever the time frame is for NJF to come back, if he's world champ, NJF coming back to a world of being world champ will be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about authenticity again. Little things that that, that kind of make me make me go, hmm. If my son is out there getting his butt handed to him after the match. Regardless of the fact whether he's no selling, getting back up and, and kind of enticing it himself, I'm going over to check on him. Even when the doctor went over to check on him, wouldn't it have been, made a little bit of sense for Taz going, okay, uh, hold on a sec, I'll be right back, take his headset off and go check on oh, him. He school. has respect for New York Pizza too. He gets it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not letting that go ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there it was. That was Dynamite tonight. Um, so Joe is a man who's got several people hunting him and his title. And like we said over and over, we got six weeks until the next pay-per-view revolution on March 3rd. So what that world title match is going to look like, that is still to be determined. Uh, but overall, I think as we started the show, we kind of hinted, this was a pretty enjoyable Dynamite. Again, thanks to critique as we just went over. But um, 
one of the better dynamites, quite frankly, I think, actually, for what for for where they are in mid-January, six weeks until they have their next pay-per-view. So some payoffs to some stories are still six weeks away. I mean, I, I thought it was a, a pretty decent show. Uh, mm-hmm. if nothing else, the way they formatted it, the way they kind of like we we didn't have to have a a beat down after every match, we, and we did let mm-hmm. some things breathe. So uh, I don't I don't know. I I, I I've this was an easier <laughs> dynamite to watch than some of the. Yeah. Some of the more recent ones. Uh, Issa, ladies first. Give me any final thoughts you want. Give me all the cheap plugs of how we can get more of you in our lives. Listen, I, I, I enjoyed this Dynamite. Like I said, beginning, middle, and all felt different. A little something for everyone. You're not supposed to like everything. It's just a little something for everyone. I love the match that it started with, and I love the match that it ended with because it felt we were watching two completely different matches, and that's what a wrestling show should be about. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. There were some things that I was just like, okay, but it was an easy watch. He flew by, loved it. Um, plugs, I got lots of them today, right? I am here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, plug, 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 plug. And go. you guys, uh, I'm going to be doing all the backstage interviewing for Euphoria this Saturday for WWC. They love your girl, right? We're going to have Matt Cardona. We're going to have Steve Macklin. We're going to have Nick Nemeth. It's his first match back. It's his first match back. Ryan Nemeth, we have Chris Aldonis. It's going to be a crazy show. We're bringing all the talent to prove themselves. Because Matt Cardona be calling himself the indie god when he's never wrestled the toughest territory there is. So bring it. But anyways, Ooh. I'll be doing some backstage interviews at WWC this weekend. You guys can catch it on Fight TV Saturday at 8. Promise you, you're going to see some crazy good wrestling. And we have a hardcore match on the card. And if you know some Puerto Rico wrestling... You're going to get the good stuff. Uh, also, Lucha Libre Online, because after that, I'm flying over to Tampa to cover oh. all of the WWE stuff. So Lucha Libre Online for all the interviews I'll be doing next week and all of that. I'm everywhere, Lavar. And I'm watching wrestling with everybody on YouTube, too, every once in a Jesus. while. So. Wow. Busy, busy, busy. Once upon a time, you and I would just just <laughs> make our videos in Barclays Center having fun. Now you're jet-setting from island to mainland, this promotion, that promotion. Jesus. It's like I owe a lot of what I do today to you. Okay, oh, I know you always hype us up, and you, we never get you, to hype you, you worked, up. You worked your ass off. I, but but I always tell everybody who asks, I would never be doing wrestling if it wasn't for this guy right here. I you, oh. I got nothing but love for you. I, I sat down at a show with Labar one time, and he's taking notes over the ridiculous stuff I'm saying, and he's like, "You are fun to watch wrestling with," and I'm like, "Hmm." Started a YouTube channel. Thank you so much, Labar. You're oh. the man. It's very nice of you. Love you and love what you do. It's awesome. That's that, that's great. Um, and, and real quick, uh, as she was saying, um, Triller TV pa- powered by Fight. Yeah. Um, th- they're and, and I, I want to give a shout out to them too because, you know, uh, for me recently watching the TNA Hard to Kill, watching the uh, uh, New Japan, um, the Battle in the Valley, and all the stuff that went off this weekend that I had to keep up with for Busted Open, uh, Triller. Excellent quality streams, very easy to use, very user friendly. So the, that's awesome. They had that distribution and that and and the, the yeah, they the talent, cover you guys... they cover the big four. We Puerto Rico do big four yeah. do where we have the pay per views and and fight thriller do cover them. So you guys want to make sure to check it out. I mean, I just mentioned the talent that's going to be there. Just the Nick Nemeth first match out of WWE is going to happen here. Matt Cardona, Steve Macklin's opening is issuing an open challenge. We don't know who's answering it. So, and of course the hardcore, if you want to see like hardcore wrestling was born in Puerto Rico. So if you guys buy the pay-per-view, you're in for a treat. Yeah. That's awesome. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, follow her on uh, Twitter on X 
NYC Demon Diva. The uh, I in Diva is a one. Check her out there. Uh, Jimmy, final thoughts on tonight's Dynamite and plug away, please. No, uh, again, it, it, like you guys said, it was a fun show to watch, but at times there was some nitpicky stuff that made me go, oh, come on. But other than that, it, you know, it's entertaining. Like you said, there's six weeks to go before their pay-per-view. There's a lot of time to build to, uh, stories around what the main event is going to be, and that's uh, Sting's retirement match. So th- there is time. But uh, as far as where you can catch me, you can catch me here on Mondays and Wednesdays. We'll see who shows up next week in, in, in on my screen, at least to the far left. And uh, on Monday I'll be nights, here, I'm, Jimmy. We'll hold hands through it. There you go. And then, uh, of course, Triple J on Monday nights. And you can catch the Roughing It Up podcast with myself and my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, and RJ, who holds the glue together, uh, drops usually every Wednesday. We have a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see who our guest next week is going to be. And it should be a, a fun one. And my ref and rants that I do from Monday through Friday on all my social media platforms. They've been pretty much positive, but I, 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 I was going to ask, are we still positive or is somebody he's pissed? Been pretty, he's been pretty positive. So, so no, so nobody's, nobody's pissed at the coffee yet. You're still New positive. Year, New well, Jimmy. <laughs> well, today's was a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. So I'm thinking maybe that may be a good route to go is pick something positive and then end it with a little bit of a critique. Hmm. They gotta go longer than a minute. This this minute this minute shit's too short. I want more yeah. Jimmy. Come on. A minute a minute's not even long enough for me to let the damn coffee cool. I'm <laughs> blowing and let it cool before I can even have it sip. And listen I, I, I'll be I'll be at the gym and I haven't even set up the workout and Jimmy's right. already done. I'm Same. like, come on! Same. I just connected the blue, the machine Same. to the Bluetooth. I'm doing the workout here <laughs> at, at home in the gym, and I got Jimmy's shit in my playlist, and I, I haven't even like finished stretching. And he's done. I'm like, well, what the hell? <laughs> I appreciate the love. I, I wish I could make them longer, but of course, on, on certain platforms, you can't make them. Uh, you mean you're a minute and a half, Jimmy? That that's available everywhere. Oh, eh, well, maybe, but uh, so some people's attention spans, other than yours, of course. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we transition. Maybe it's like rather than you sipping a coffee for a minute, maybe it's like make some breakfast to talk to us. Sit down for five minutes, make some eggs, talk to us. Oh, maybe you can do like a once a week edition, a longer rant where you yeah. go through everything. You know, you're not doing everything, but maybe like a once a week edition, Jimmy. We want more of you. Come on, Jimmy. We want more. I want breakfast and I want you. You got me Bacon. thinking. Maybe maybe breakfast is a weekend thing that could be done on Ooh. Sunday. Oh, my guess. Corderas in the kitchen. Cooking with oh. Corderas. I don't know something. This is gonna I, 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 I've got a name, but I don't want somebody to steal it, so I'm not going to throw it out there. Don't no, say tra- it. People will no, be trade- doing that. Yeah, trademark trademark first. Yeah. Trademark that shit. Yeah. <laughs> trademark it. All right. Well, Jimmy's got all this stuff. I uh, hate. Uh, thanks, everybody in the chat. Thanks, you, Carlos. Uh, appreciate. Uh, thank you, Ricky. Um, no, thank you, man. I'm sad. Yeah, but again, I'm not like uh, both of you guys can text me anytime. I'm not going anywhere. I, it, it's all. It's all it is. It's just I'm. I have been blessed with great fortune to have many nights to talk about or days to talk about wrestling. I just had to pull back on one day. That's all it is. So, um, so it, I'm, it, nothing. Nothing to be sad about. You guys can always call, text, and hopefully, especially with um, money. It's money in the bank, right? especially money in the bank in Toronto. Hopefully, we can all. Ah. We have Toronto. to. The reunion. Yeah, yeah. There has Come to on. be a reunion, yeah. definitely. That'd be fun. Uh, I thought tonight's Dynamo was pretty good. I thought it, was, it really was. Uh, start to finish, again, there were some critiques that we touched on, but I thought it was a, a good show, some stories going on, um, but there was not <laughs> the insane 
abuse of 20 and 10, as Jimmy would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, good on, good on dynamite. I don't know what the number is going to be. Uh, it doesn't seem like the numbers have been like anything great lately. I don't know what that's going to be, but just from watching it, uh, there's some things going on and I thought they did some good things for their Wednesday night show. Uh, follow me at just LeVar across the socials. Um, uh, on Monday nights here on the podcast after raw, Busted open Friday morning, spar with the bar. Myself, Dave LeGrec, and Thunder Rosa all morning Sunday. Our new Sunday morning busted open show, 9 to noon Eastern time. You can listen live on channel 156 on SiriusXM. You can listen on demand on the SiriusXM app. So if you just want to like track through to your favorite segments or skip commercials or whatever, or you can listen to the podcast version, which is like a 40 minute condensed version. Uh, the three hours we did. Whatever you want. It's all it's all good. It's all there. Uh, thanks to all of you here on the podcast on Wednesday nights. I will miss doing the weekly Wednesdays, but like I said, I'm on social, so any of you all that are on the chat, you can always hit me up on social. Banter back and forth. Obviously, these two, you know, you can always find me. It's been fun. It's been good. Be safe, everybody. Like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend on the podcast. See you next time. See you next Monday for me. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.